Good afternoon, Lafayette. Welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Pleasure to be speaking with all of you, especially those of you who might be stuck on I-10 eastbound right now. Uh, if you are and you're listening to the show, thank you for listening and just hold on tight. Uh, I've seen uh, law enforcement out there shutting down the entrance ramps uh, where I-10 and I-49 intersect. So they are working to try to keep the roads clear so that you guys can hopefully start moving again. 232-1542 if you want to call in and be part of the show. I want to start not necessarily on the heartbreaking news of the day, although it's going to be tied a little bit to that. Frank James, the subway shooter in New York, he has been arrested. Uh, it's been a little bit of a journey from yesterday. They had a they had a person of interest in mind. That person of interest became a suspect. They then named that suspect. And thanks to uh, tips from the community in New York, they were able to find and get, take Frank James into custody. Now, James opened fire in a subway car in New York, fired 33 rounds after opening a smoke canister and firing away. On the right, a lot of right-of-center reporters have been, and some left-of-center, but a lot of right-of-center reporters have been digging in. And they found Frank James' social media, they found his YouTube page, his social media accounts, and they all paint the picture of an unhinged black nationalist who hates white people, hates the uh, mayor of New York, hates the system, all the kind of stuff that you'd, you'd really expect. And there is this great desire for everybody to put a label on James. And it brings to mind, this is going to seem like a jarring transition, and I'm sorry, but there is a point. It brings to mind the Joker. The Batman villain. Actually, there was an article that came out at a website called CBR Comic Book Review. Uh, and the headline of the piece is the Joker is problematic or it's, it's something it, it's the, the heart of the piece, not the headline. The heart of the piece is that the Joker is problematic, not because he's a serial killing evil clown, but because he's scarred in the latest Batman movie, the Batman. Uh, he was depicted as scarred uh, in pretty much all uh, live screen, uh, uh, live appearances, uh, the dark Knight, the Batman, uh, the original Batman that came out in 1989. Uh, with the exception of the Cesar Romero live-action Joker, the Joker, whenever done live, has been uh, has, has been a scarred character, and that's what's caused that, uh, that, sm that, that wicked smile that the Joker always has. In the comics, it's not always that way. But according to this CBR article... Coming out of disability theory, the, quote, evil cripple trope essentially mandates that a person who is evil must in some way be a person with a disability, whether this is the case of Long John Silver's wooden leg or James Bond's uh, Safine, villains tend to have a disability or be visibly scarred, especially on their faces. It may shock some of you 
as I read this. It may shock some of you to know that this trope uh, extends from Marxist theory. And no, I'm not making this up. From the article I was referencing, beginning with Marx's writings in the mid-1800s, literary critics began to work with narratives from the perspectives of a power imbalance. Essentially, one group tends to have power, one does not. Marx reserved this for money, but other theorists began to take, con- take the concept and apply it to social power and policy dynamics as related to the different aspects of society, be it feminist theory, critical race theory, or more, most relevant here, th- disability theory. The theory states that people with disabilities tend to be treated as lesser by society, especially if their disability is visible. The evil cripple trope is most easily seen in a character like It's a Wonderful Life's Mr. Potter, who spends the entire movie in a wheelchair, yet serves as a major antagonist throughout the entire film because he longed for ever-increasing money and power. Less extreme in some ways is Peter Pan's Captain Hook, who sports a limb in uh, difference not only visibly, but also in his very name. Yet another variation in the one employed by the vast majority of movies is that of the scarred villain. Now, why am I bringing all this up when referencing Frank James? What about James Hodgkins? the guy who tried to assassinate Steve Scalise and other Republicans at a baseball field in Washington, D.C. What about, who was the guy uh, that shot up the Family uh, Research Council? What was his name? I will remember that at some point. But this is a guy who went into the Family Research Center with a bag of Chick-fil-A sandwiches and wanted to shoot everybody in the place and then stuff a Chick-fil-A sandwich in their mouths while they were dying or dead. And he wanted to do that because the Southern, the Southern Poverty Law Center had designated the Family Research Center a hate organization. Hodgkins, the guy who shot Scalise, uh, was a Bernie Sanders fanatic who believed the far-left rhetoric that the Republicans are truly the enemy and needed to be eliminated. He took it to an extreme. You have the guy who drove his car through a parade in Tennessee, possibly inspired by black nationalism, according to what was seen on social media. But there's something else to all of this, and it ties back into the Joker. What if... It's not the ideology. What if it's the fact that these people are just evil and trying to find the label and trying to find what they believe and trying to figure out their motivations is just trying to rationalize why this act happened? 232-1542, we're going to take a break. I'm going to come back and I'm going to explain that a little bit more. Here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Glad to be with y'all today. So is Floyd Corkins, by the way. He's the guy that took a gun and a bag of Chick-fil-A sandwiches into the Family Research Center. You had James Hodgkinson, who opened fire on Republican uh, politicians in Washington, D.C. You have uh, Frank James in New York, the subway shooter. From yesterday. You have these acts of evil that are committed, and oftentimes we look for the rationalization behind it. Oh, this is a person who is an avowed leftist who believes that Republicans really are the enemy and needs to be shot. You have 
uh, oh, it's a black nationalist who wants to upend the system. You have these agents of chaos that are out there and they do all these things and we look for the rationalization. Why are you doing these things? And the reason that these people do these things, ideology may be something they can fall back on for it. But oftentimes we forget that evil exists and evil doesn't need an explanation. Evil doesn't require a rationalization. The article I referenced in the last segment about the Joker, oh, well, the Joker is, the, the Joker is obviously the villain because he's scarred. And that's a, a, a problematic trope that's offensive to disabled people or, or, or whatever. No. The scarring is a tool to help instill fear, but that's not what designates the Joker as the villain. What designates the Joker as the villain, the, the Joker, if you really dig into the character, and, and full disclosure, I am a very big Batman nerd. But the Joker is a horror character out of his genre. If you actually look at who and what the Joker is, it's a frightening character that would be right at home in any horror movie, any thriller. In The Dark Knight, the scarred Joker tells multiple stories about where the scars came from while he's threatening to dismember people. In The Batman, the scars are used to obfuscate who he is. In the comics, his face was actually cut off at one point and was at the, the face itself was fought over because it was a symbol of the terror that can be instilled in Gotham City. What makes the Joker a perfect villain is not the appearance. It's not the insanity. It's the fact that he is evil. There's no redirecting the Joker back into the right path. We look at the Joker and we see the things the Joker has done and it unnerves us when you really look at a character that despite having a clownish appearance, dressed up as an actual party clown and gave a Boy Scout troop poisoned cotton candy just for the hell of it, it unsettles us because it's just evil. Evil is far more frightening than just a bad person. The Halloween movies, Jason, in the Halloween movies, we don't know a motivation. We never really get a full answer on why. But he is this evil presence that they've tried to kill and it doesn't stick. A bad person has bad motivations. And we can try to understand them a bit. And we can try to come to terms with the fact that a villain just takes a wrong turn. If we want to talk about scarred villains, what about Scar from The Lion King? Scar feels passed over, feels like the kingdom should be his, and tries to right that wrong. And yes, it's a bad moral path, but there was a deeper motivation there. But for the Joker, or for a Frank James, or for a James Hodgkinson, or for a Floyd Corkins, it's not bad motivation. It's just evil. 
Kermit Gosnell, the butcher of a doctor that would help women perform the late, late term abortions, the infamous abortion doctor that would cut children to pieces. Sorry if y'all have kids in the car with y'all, but would cut babies to pieces. Horrific. That is not a person who is just a, a doctor with bad motivations. That is evil. And to try to find a rationalization in what some of these people do is to just whistle past what the real problem is. And that is the existence of honest-to-God evil. And we should be unsettled. And we should allow our rationalizations to kick in and try to find that motivation. Because if you stare at that darkness too long, eventually it stares back. But you have to understand that evil really and truly exists. And that's one of the reasons why you find these types of evils on the left. It's because a lot of leftist ideology is not that there is right and wrong. It's that everything is relative and what's right or what's wrong is based on how people feel in that moment. But there is a clear right. There is a clear wrong. And on this week of all weeks, we know what good is and what evil is. Because at the end of this week, the good ultimately triumphs, right? But we cannot ignore the idea that there is actual just plain evil in the world. And it is not, it is not just the existence of people with bad motivations and that they offend our sensibilities. No, there is honest to God unsettling evil. Look abroad. Look at the reports of what's happening in Ukraine right now. It is a straight-up genocide. There are reports of sexual abuse from Russian soldiers to Ukrainian children. All over the world we see this. Evil exists. And yes, we do try to rationalize it. We, we, we shouldn't fight that rationalization. We shouldn't fight that instinct. But we have to understand that at the end of the day, Sometimes what these people do is just evil. And we have to acknowledge that. We have to remember that in a time period when there are social movements that are pushing us to believe that there is no true right or wrong. That everything is relative. Because relativity doesn't exist in this space. There is truth. There is right. There is wrong, there is good, and there is evil. 232-1542, if you want to join in the conversation. Before we go to our bottom of the hour news break, one last thing on this. Kudos to the NYPD for tracking down Frank James. Because this could have been a bad situation that got much worse. If this is somebody who really and truly sought to do as much damage as possible. It wouldn't have been just this one attack. There would have been others. And thankfully, with the NYPD getting as much information out there as they could, and with the community taking part, they were able to find this person. And remember what I pointed out yesterday. 
The NYPD described who Frank James was, a heavyset black male wearing a sweater and a gas mask. The media, out of fear of offending somebody, gave you every part of the description except the race of the man. Not because the race is important because of some white supremacy thing, but because you have to narrow down who you're looking for in these situations and who the public is looking for. And thank God the NYPD was not going to be restricted by the same rules the media restricts itself by so that it could actually happen and this man be caught. We're going to take our bottom of the hour news break. When we come back, let's talk about what else is going on in the world here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Uh, glad to be with y'all. Glad to hear that I-10 is opening back up and so traffic can start moving along there. It did not look very pleasant when I was driving up here to the studio today. Um, we had somebody uh, message in on the on the KPEL app, which you can also do, uh, asking, well, what about the, 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 cop, uh, the, the, the cop, Derek Chauvin, uh, who had his knee on George Floyd's neck? And that led to Floyd's death. That's evil, right? And, and yes, that is evil. And the, the thing about it is evil is evil. And evil does different things to different people. Sometimes they just lose all control, like in the case of Frank James and some of these others. Sometimes it's a simple twist in morality. It's a simple corruption of the moral code that could lead to something like George Floyd's death. But it still does exist. And we still do have to address it and recognize it. Now, that's enough of the heavy stuff. So I'm part of a group on Facebook. There is, uh, Brandon's in the studio with me today, um, I know that that Brandon's kids will soon be a lot more uh, a lot more interested in the different uh, kids programming that's out there. Y'all, yeah, uh, y'all, yeah. y'all are unfortunately a Coco Melon house, right? We are, though. I will say, since we uh, made the move a couple of weeks ago, um, Coco Melon has not been on as much. Coco Melon made its return last night for a little while, but uh, no, Coco Melon uh, um, has not been on as much lately. So that, so that, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> so, at our house, we're we're a Bluey household. Yes. Um, and and Bluey is I I enjoy watching Bluey because it is very silly, but also because the parents um, in the show are very relatable and and actually, frankly, kind of like you would want to be those types of parents where you you play along with the kids and play along with their imagination and everything. Mm-hmm. So there's actually a group on Facebook, and it's dads whose kids watch Bluey. Right. And there was some drama on that Facebook page yesterday. Uh, somebody posted the characters and one of the characters was holding a pride flag and everything. And, it, you know, that that sort of political statement or whatever. Mm-hmm. And somebody else, I think, like screenshot it and then posted something offensive ag- against um, homosexuality there. And it led to a whole thing. And the moderators of the group had to come and shut it all down and basically say, okay, look, we, we've got this rule. Do not be political. Do not go out of your way to uh, try to force your, your beliefs or anything like that on the people of the community. And 
I spend a lot of time on Facebook. Now, anybody that that has that's friends with me on Facebook can tell you. Brandon could tell you. Ninety five point nine percent of my Facebook posting is memes that I find somewhere else. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like being. Uh, super serious on Facebook. One, because everybody else is. And two, that's just not what I feel Facebook should be for. Now, Twitter, I have to spend a lot of time being serious and political on. And that's where a lot of the stuff that I write, uh, some of those ideas are generated there. Some of the ideas are are shared there. A lot of the takes you'll find on Twitter uh, are typically recycled into the columns of various uh, commentators out there. But I can only I only have the attention span to be serious on one social network, and it's going to be Twitter because it's already a, a fiery hellscape anyway. Facebook is a place that I go to get away from that. And even like I ignore Twitter on the weekends except for like non-political stuff. I'll, I'll look for non-political stuff there. Um, I do scroll through TikTok every now and then and look at some of the funny memes and videos and stuff that are on there. Um, I like to try out different social networks as they pop up. That's just how I am. And I, I'm inherently kind of social, but I'm, I'm not super political. And that's what kind of disappointed me about that particular group. We need spaces away from the serious, away from the, uh, the political. We don't need to be engaged in that 24-7. I know that sounds very rich coming from somebody who's on, who has on a news talk network, um, a, a talk show about politics. I realize, you know, it's say it seems kind of hypocritical, but I devote a little bit of time each day to writing whatever I write for red state and for my Substack, tweeting about politics. It's not a huge chunk of my day. Social media, the, the non Twitter stuff, is a bigger chunk of my day, but I need to escape the politics from there. It's not healthy. And that's one of the things that has really bothered me about the, the, the time that we're in. We are a profoundly mentally unhealthy nation right now because we are so focused on all these things. We're so focused on fighting of these political battles and these social battles. And at some point, Everybody collectively needs to shut off the computer or close their phone, set it face down, and walk outside and take a deep breath as soon as we get rid of all the trees so we can get rid of the pollen because it is unbearable outside. But we need to go outside and take a breath. Not everything is political. Not everything needs to be political. We should be able to go to a safe space. Whether it's a Facebook group where dads whose kids watch Bluey go to share memes about the show and, and ask for help and advice from other fathers who are going through similar things. We should have some safe spaces away from all that. If your life is 100% devoted to the political and social issues of the moment, it's not a healthy life. And it can be the type of thing that leads to the mental instability that causes a black nationalist with some very extreme views on social media to go and shoot up a subway or go and shoot up the family research center or drive a, uh, drive a car through a parade. 
it could be the type of thing where a guy who is a who is a former sex addict um, converted to a Christian goes and shoots up massage parlors in Atlanta because he's gotten things so twisted. It can lead to that when you go to the extreme and go fighting on those issues time after time after time. We need to step away. We need to not be so sold on the idea that we have to fight these fights 24-7. One of the things that made Trump so popular is that he fought 24-7. But we also fought 24-7. Alongside him, against him, in the same vicinity as him, whatever it was, we're fighting back and forth. And the left fights back and we fight back and it goes back and forth and back and forth until eventually we're all sucked into this and we're all depressed and angry about it. And then somebody in one moment snaps and commits an act of evil on a subway or in a church or in a school. We're not healthy right now. And we need to get better on that. And I'm sorry for being so heavy and preachy today, but that's just kind of the topic of the moment, the thing I wanted to talk about of the day. But we are going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, bad GOP candidates. Wow, I'm not making it any better, but there are some bad GOP candidates. The lay of the land as far as national races go. We're going to talk about that here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. If you want further proof that we are a mentally unhealthy society, I'm a professional baby namer. Rich parents pay me $10,000 to do it for them. That is an actual story at the New York Post. Recently, the innovative entrepreneur chose the baby name Parks for a couple who had their first kiss in a town called Parker. This is real. The New York Post doesn't make things up. I mean, they're the ones who dropped the original Hunter Biden story that the entire rest of the media said was fake and disinformation. Turns out it wasn't. There are people who are rich enough to pay $10,000 to a consultant for that consultant to pick their baby name for them. I've always thought the super far left progressives weren't serious when they said eat the rich, but now I'm not entirely certain that they were joking. And I find the position to be more understandable. If you have the expendable income to pay someone $10,000 to name your baby for you, put that $10,000 in a high-interest savings account and let it grow for the kid so they can pay for college, assuming the entire collegiate system doesn't collapse under the weight of what the Democrats want to continue to do to it. 232-1542 if you want to call in and be part of the conversation. All right. So around the country right now, shapes are, uh, sorry, races are starting to shape up. Let me try that again. Around the country, races are starting to shape up as we get closer and closer to the midterm elections. Today, a big endorsement in Missouri. Now, if you'll recall, Missouri is where the former governor, Eric Greitens, is running for U.S. Senate in an opening seat. The problem there is that Greitens is hated by everybody in the Missouri State GOP. He is a scumbag. The things he's accused of doing to his wife and to his mistresses are horrifying. 
if you want to talk about mentally unstable society. But Greitens hired Kimberly Guilfoyle, who is the girlfriend of Donald Trump Jr., to his campaign team in the hopes of getting Donald Trump on board as uh, an endorser. Actually, the rumors behind the scenes are Trump was not happy with Guilfoyle for doing that. Ted Cruz has come out today and has endorsed uh, the Attorney General of Missouri, Eric Schmidt, who is running for the spot. Josh Hawley, who is uh, with this race going to be the senior senator from Missouri, endorsed another candidate. But the GOP is lining up against Eric Greitens. And Greitens has name recognition, but it will not be a successful run for him if he continues to run. Hopefully Donald Trump will stay out of that one. In Pennsylvania, conservatives and Republicans in Pennsylvania, as well as around the country, are wondering what the hell Trump is doing by endorsing Dr. Oz. Mehmet Oz is running for Senate, for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania. And there are good conservative ba- uh, candidates on the rate, on the ballot. He's not one of them. Oz is not a conservative. But he's running and Trump endorsed him. Trump apparently was convinced uh, by Sean Hannity, among others, because Hannity and Oz are friends. And that is an interesting perspective on it. But he, he's endorsing the celebrity in that race. In Georgia, he's throwing $500,000 into his super PAC to continue to challenge Brian Kemp, who is currently ahead in all the polling, especially against Trump's preferred candidate, David Perdue. Perdue lost his statewide race for Senate in 2020 when hundreds of thousands of Republicans stayed home because they were convinced the election was going to be stolen, so why bother? He lost to John Ossoff, who is a vapid Stupid man who should not be in the Senate. But he lost to John Ossoff, who did not even really run a campaign. But he lost. But but Purdue lost. Now he wants to challenge Kemp because that Trump money rolled in, and Trump is trying to finance his petty grievances. Trump is trying to split the Republican ticket there and could very well hand the governorship of Georgia to Stacey Abrams. In Alabama... Mo Brooks was the Trump-endorsed candidate. His campaign tanked. Trump dropped his endorsement and announced an endorsement of somebody else. Endorsed Mitch McConnell's preferred candidate. Because Trump's original preferred candidate couldn't cut it. And Brooks is furious and saying that Trump is falling under the sway of the swamp right now. So it's a bitter fight there. Trump is getting involved in more and more of these races. The only race right now that Trump looks like he could actually, an endorsement could pull out is Ted Budd of North Carolina, who was behind former Governor Pat McCrory in the polling, but now is starting to surge ahead again. But my problem here is that the Republicans stand to gain a big majority in the House and could actually be looking at at as many as four to five Senate seats in 2022 if they have good candidates and there's no infighting. Right now, there's a lot of infighting, and I'm not entirely sure that the Republicans are really going to be able to pick up all the seats they could very well pick up because of this infighting. Because you have David Perdue rocking the GOP's boat in Georgia, you also have 
people kind of looking at the state questionably and not sure what to make of the Senate race there either, because Raphael Warnock, who also won in 2020, is up for re-election. It was a short term, it was a special election. And Warnock will likely be facing Herschel Walker, the legendary football player from the University of Georgia. Known across the state. Loved across the state, but he's getting into politics, so he's going to lose half of that love right there. Not to mention all the oppo research that's out there from his own writing. Remember, Herschel Walker is a guy who suffered a bunch of concussions, has a lot of mental issues, and there are a lot of allegations of abusive uh, abusive behavior toward women, documented. And it's making Republicans nervous. Now, in a good year, the Republicans still win all these races, and it's supposed to be a good year. But it's troubling to see Donald Trump jump in and endorsing the wrong people or pushing the wrong people to run from the get-go, making it a harder fight for the Republicans also, Trump can nurse his grievances. And I'm sorry, I know a lot of y'all are, are Trump fans, but he's making a mistake here. He's making a very strategic mistake here. Trump can withhold his endorsements until we get to the uh, elections or the runoffs and name his, and he looks like a kingmaker at that point. He can look like a kingmaker, but he's running a big risk here, splitting GOP votes and possibly throwing some elections back to the Democrats because he had to get involved and nurse some grievances over 2020. Trump will not rest until he can beat the governor, the secretary of state, and the attorney general of Georgia because they didn't fight harder to prevent what he said was a stolen election. And constitutionally, none of those three men could do that. There was nothing they could have done. But he's funding these races against them for that. All right. That's it for me today. 23 hours. I will be back here tomorrow here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. You guys have a great one, and I'll see you again soon.